I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Big, big shout out to everyone who has taken the time to contact us via Ouija board, via social media, via telephonic device email, etc. We love being able to hang out with you and to have you on the show. As a matter of fact, we want to thank everybody who has written uh, a review for us recently on Apple, your platform of choice. Uh, Noel, credit where it's due. You uh, you were talking uh, with us earlier about the idea of just saying, hey, leave us a review uh, and, uh, you know, let us know how you're feeling. Yeah. And hey, how about this? Let's let's take it up a notch uh, on these here listener mail episodes. What if you leave us a nice review and say something clever? Maybe we'll incorporate that into our listener missives. Top of the show. There we go. Right. Carrot and stick situation. What do you say, guys? Or the bottom. We might put them anywhere. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Somewhere, though. The thing that um, I think we all agree is important here is that this show only exists because of you, specifically you. And we're so glad you're here. We are going to explore some strange things from your fellow conspiracy realist. We're going to talk about the potential UAP tech race, an arms race from beyond <laughs> beyond Earth's bounds uh, between countries. We are going to end with a, a profound, heavy question a mystery about an officer who lost their life 
in an untimely, tragic way. Before we do any of that, we want to introduce our friends, Hopeful Cynic and Benjamin, uh, both of whom had some some pretty fascinating feelings about corporations getting the right to vote. Remember when we chopped this up a little bit last week, small town in Delaware? Oh, yeah. Duh. Hey, we're in Delaware. Uh, yeah, sorry, Wayne's World. Um, no, it's weird, man. That's uh, that, that was a very dystopian conversation, if I remember correctly. So, Hopeful Cynic writes in, a uh, longtime listener, friend of the show, and says, hey, guys, I wanted to respond to the news about corporations getting the right to vote in Delaware and a couple with that piece about the gas tax, which we might have to save, hopeful cynic. Uh, forewarning, there's a lot, but I'm a massive fan of the show, and it's always good for making me feel just the right amount of angry at the broken systems in the U.S. Editorial interjection here, the broken systems everywhere, hopeful cynic. Uh H.C. continues and says, I'm sure it occurred to you three when you were doing research, but it's absolutely mind boggling to me how ex-cons cannot vote. But corporations are more or less allowed virtually unlimited votes. A guy who got busted for carrying a few grams of weed could potentially have less rights than the corporation that supplied him the weed in the first place. Ayo, that's me again. Moreover, why are corporations able to say, hey, we're just people in some cases, but say, oh, hey, no, we're a corporation, not a group of people in others. Money talks, but the further along we get, the more plausible the crap sack worlds from Neuromancer or Elysium become. Uh, and Hopeful Cynic goes a little bit further here and says, it feels so easily avoidable. If the government seemed like it even cared a little bit about corporate oversight, but this feels like corporations owning a town, question mark, Let's pause there before we get to the next letter. What do you guys think about this idea of corporate towns? It's weird. Love it. I don't like it. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, let's even look at like, you know, uh, this maybe is, is not exactly one-to-one, but uh, the city of Orlando, you know, um, the Florida project, right? I mean, you know, Disney does not own Orlando per se, but they are through the sheer amount of, of capital that they pump through that city and state, they are able to do some serious flexing, you know, and, and actually some for good, interestingly enough, lately with the uh, kind of psychotic governor over there, you know, doing some real gnarly moves and Disney kind of keeping him in check a little bit, sort of making him look like a doofus. But should one corporation have that much sway? What if they do use it for evil or use it to control people? You know, I, I don't know. It's just it's an interesting question. I think in general, it weirds me out, especially when you think of the olden days and the precedence of company towns and having people forced to shop at the company store and all of that stuff. It's just a means of control. Well, think about it now, guys. We have to read tea leaves and figure out which corporation is behind various laws that get pushed through our governmental system. If you live in a corporate town with corporate governance, at least you know the monster, right? Oh, it's the Disney uh, wants and needs that our town is serving. Or, you know. Yeah. Monsters, <laughs> Inc. It's, it's, they literally have a movie about it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't like this idea at all, guys. I would like to uh, share an interesting, interesting resource. You may find it helpful or hilarious 
hopeful cynic. I hope you have your favorite vice at hand and are sitting down when you hear the following statement. Quote, we Americans today are frogs in a slowly heating pot of corporate political power. It is time to pay attention. Our Constitution provides no role for corporate entities in the governance of America. Why would it? A corporate entity is a legal fiction with neither morals nor soul. Corporate political power was not even a topic in the constitutional debates, nor of the Federalist Papers. The first words of our Declaration of Independence are, We the people. Our greatest president in our darkest time declared us a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. This comes from whitehouse.senate.gov. Uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, U.S. Senator for Rhode Island. Rhode Island, also uh, famous for not being Delaware when it comes to corporate power. <laughs> but uh, but again, you know, it, it shows that there are foxes in the hen house. There are people who have serious problems with this, and some of them are the most important political figures in the United States. I wanted to go to one more comment from um, a very prescient listener, a fellow conspiracy realist, Benjamin says, just finished listening to the listener mail segment on corporations voting as a green card holder, a different thought came to me. You don't need to be a citizen to own a U.S. LLC, limited liability corporation. You do need to be a citizen to vote, though. Under this law, would people holding green cards or work visas with LLCs be able to vote in those local elections? Surely, if the idea is that the U.S.-based corporation is voting, then in that case, non-citizens would then be able to vote. Pretty scary idea, to be honest. I hope it doesn't get that far. I did not think about this. Did you guys think about this? Like, you don't have to be a U.S. citizen to have a U.S. LLC. That's true. Yeah. I also, it makes me think of, with a lot of things going on right now with the um, indictment, you know, of, of a certain former president. Um, oh, Jimmy it, Carter. Yeah, Famous. that's the one. Exactly. Famous. Famously totally. a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Absolute monster. The did way a lot he, of uh, horrible stuff to peanuts. All the stuff he did with those peanuts. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Uh, it, you don't apparently have to have a clean record to be the president, but but felons can't vote. So I don't get that. That's a bit of a disparity to me. And then again, your point there about, you know, foreign uh, citizens of other countries uh, being able to have an LLC in this country. It just seems like there's a lot of disparities and things that just don't line up and make sense. Uh, and, and it's either uh, just a quagmire of things that need to be updated that are just out antiquated, or it's just, again, to your point, Ben, about the lawmaking always moving at a snail's pace compared to people finding loopholes or technology, or is this all by design? Uh, and some of these, I think it's by design. Some of them, I think it's quagmire. I don't know about this one. And as a reminder for all of us playing along at home, it costs $90 US to form an LLC in Delaware. That's the certificate. You pay that fee for your certificate of formation. And then you've got uh, something like a $300 annual franchise tax fee. So for uh, $390 the first year, you can buy a vote in any number of Delaware towns. 
And for $300 every continuing year, you can have as many votes as you would like. Uh, This feels like also it's a little bit of a life hack for the villains in the crowd. You, why would you go to all this trouble courting politicians and, and buying off the local government when you could just stuff the ballot box with corporate entities? I don't know. I just I didn't think about this idea either. You know what this means, if Benjamin is correct, is that one could theoretically as a foreign national, as non-U.S. national, one could theoretically create a ton of LLCs and use the loophole in this corporation voting law to enact their will. And then you could grow the octopus from there. Could happen. Wait, Matt, are you involved? Always, dude. All the conspiracies. It's it's all me. (laughs) Problem solved. End of podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Got it. Uh, Yes. So we want to thank everybody who's writing in regarding the idea of corporations voting. Look, it just like maybe aspartame, just like maybe Wagner group or um, Merck armies across the world. This stuff might sound again, dry and boring uh, at some point, but we promise the impact becomes apparent over time. There are long tail consequences and ripple effects to these things. We're going to keep this one short. Uh, We're going to pause for a word from our sponsors, and then we will return with more messages from you. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Snag a Job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back with another message from you. This one comes from, I think, one of my favorite nicknames of recent memory. An updated uh, nickname. I don't know if we've read one from Bobo before. We've certainly received emails. But, hey, we've got a new and upgraded Bobo who has recently changed uh, to Hobo Bobo, which is really fun to say. Just roll it around in your mouth a little bit. Hobo Bobo. That's fun. Uh, hey, fellas, Bobo here recently upgraded to Hobo Bobo. I'm going to say it as many times as I possibly can. Thanks to a friend suggesting an ID for Instagram. Um, I would love to hear a conversation about the recent UAP non-human transportation equipment apparently acquired. What are the pros and cons of a world power claiming that they do have alien <laughs> technology, uh, whether or not they actually do. I'm sure that I'm not thinking of all of the cons, but as a U.S. citizen, uh, how would the rest of the planet react to the U.S. saying that they do have non-human transportation parts? I imagine that they would be jealous and think that the U.S. has technology they lack. Yes, Hobo Bobo, I think they would indeed. That's sort of how these things go, right? Just keeping up with the Joneses and all of that, globally speaking. Uh, carrying on, I imagine they would be jealous and think that the U.S. has technology that they lack. Claiming to have new tech would be a great advantage, even if they don't actually have it. Uh, it would be a very slow-moving goalpost. Yeah, we found some stuff. What of it? 20 years later, uh, we've retroactively engineered the technology. 20 more years, we're testing the technology we have gained. And finally, 20 more years, we can accomplish X, Y, and Z with the use of our new crafts. Of course, my 20-year window would change since I don't have any evidence at all. Um, that's it. I just love these kinds of thought experiments. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of try this one on for size, guys. You know, like the idea of an alien arms race, you know? We know that world powers are always competing, whether it be the space race, whether it be nukes, who gets them, who doesn't get them, arms proliferation treaties and all of that. What happens when we, we've got this tech that, that, that um, everybody wants, but only one country has, even if they maybe don't have it. I love this idea of a smokescreen, you know, of, of a flex, sort of like creating a, a, a sense of, of having the thing if they even don't or understanding it when they're actually yet years and years away. Then I guess tradecraft comes into it and industrial espionage and all of that good stuff. But guys, I don't know. This is just a fun one. It, it's weird, in my opinion, to think about boasting – a world power boasting about tech it doesn't have, it's always been very much the opposite. Staying quiet about tech you do have. That's true. Um, that's true. And that's purposeful and, and strategic, right? Because surprise on the battlefield is always one of the most important things to, to win wars and hot engagements. Um, not being able to back something up feels like a, a misstep to be, but, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I think you're dead right. And maybe I was misconstruing this as being like a tactic that somebody might actually use. But either way, it's still an interesting thought experiment. The idea of who gets the tech, who has it, where are we in the R&D, you know, with the things that we found. I don't know, Ben, this is so uh, your wheelhouse. I can see the gears turning. Like, how does this, how do you, how do you think of this as paired with things like the arms race or the space race or, you know, how, how does this change everything or does it change anything? Yeah, thanks. It's uh, it's true that 
effective uh, military apparatuses will speak softly and carry a big stick, to (laughs) use that paraphrase. It is also true that militaries and governments, especially authoritarian governments, will purport to have technology that they do not have. We see that in the DPRK, right? Name one North Korean ICBM. That has <laughs> that has done something successful. That that's is a not point. a diss to the people of North Korea. See, that's exactly I think what where my understanding of some of these kinds of global uh, affairs is missing. Some things that, that I think yours is chock full of um, that that makes perfect sense, and I can totally picture how that scenario would make sense. Uh, maybe they have something approaching that, but not nearly where. It is where, where it would need to be, but it behooves them more to flex that, that what they have is more approaching what everybody else has. Is that kind of right? Now I'm thinking about the psychotronics, uh, psychic soldiers thing that happened during the Cold War, right? Uh, Got to have it because the other one might. I just don't know Ooh. how you apply that to extraterrestrial based technology. Especially when the existence hasn't been proven. Right. What was that? Red mercury or yellow mercury, red mercury, red mercury, yeah. uh, red mercury is another uh, snipe hunt geopolitically. I mean, the idea, of course, is that if this stuff is confirmed to exist, which it has not yet, meaning UAP or uh, manufactured craft or components of what do they call it? Non-human origin, then clearly there would be an arms race. That's just how the current framework functions. The question then becomes uh, maybe the closest analog would be the precedent of the nuclear bomb, right? People were, or governments were researching nuclear technology uh, in various top secret facilities. They were somewhat cognizant of what their rivals were doing, but the public for whom they supposedly labored had no idea what was going on in Pine Gap. They had no idea what Oppenheimer was doing. They had no idea why some towns in the USSR were taken away from the maps. Uh, The fascinating thing you posit here, Hobo Bobo, is that some sort of arms race like this, all things being equal, could absolutely be happening. It is absolutely possible. Is it plausible? I don't know. That's a very high barrier of secrecy. It's a very high barrier of firewalling and air-gapping communication. You know, again, it seems like disclosure of some sort is always jam tomorrow, jam yesterday, never ever a jam today, but we'll see. What a time to be alive. Well, it also presumes that you could reverse engineer this stuff, right? And then let's say, like, you know, okay, Area 51, you know, that's one site of a reported crash, you know, where maybe some uh, alien technology was acquired. How long ago was that at this point? 50 years? More, right? Yes, more than 50 years. So based on Hobo Bobo's highly speculative, you know, time jumps, right, in terms of like how long it would take to develop this kind of thing, let's say that was – you know, I mean, obviously, it's a high profile event where perhaps something did take place. And then all this time, the U.S. government's been tooling away in their secret labs, you know, but they that that would presume that only they have the technology because of the, the one crash that occurred on U.S. soil. But then we've also talked about uh, what about UFOs that are sighted in Japan? You know, the idea of UFO sightings in other parts of the world. Are they working in tandem 
you know, or is there a parallel track where other countries are simultaneously, you know, developing this stuff or reverse engineering it? And that it's not the same as like parallel thinking where like someone's invented, you know, the atomic bomb and then someone else sort of figured out a way to do something similar or like with space, you know, crafts and things like that. Um, or there's industrial espionage going on. There's spying going on and people are, you know, trying to eavesdrop and figure out what we've got, what the other countries got and then reverse engineering from that. I guess the reverse engineering part presumes that you could create the substance that was found. You know, we're talking about elements that don't exist. We're talking about materials that don't exist. Could you synthesize it? Don't you have to have it first? So it's interesting. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall here, but I, I do think this is a an interesting kind of sci-fi type scenario. You know, this idea of an alien technology arms race. I think there's something interesting there and it certainly would change everything in the same way that discovery, true, true discovery or a revelation, disclosure of extraterrestrial life would change everything philosophically, you know, religiously. It would, it would cause so many people's worldviews to just be upended. Gosh, it's really got me thinking about why there would be so many military approved or leaked videos that are acknowledged of tech that the U.S. has and is experimenting on, but hiding, but at the same time boasting about having. I don't know. I, it all becomes jumbled up in my head because it, it just doesn't. I don't know. There's no ration. It's not rational to me. Here's a uh, story. I think even the Jedi will tell you now uh, that is possibly helpful. To your question, Hobo Bobo, regarding an arms race. In World War II, when the Allies were encountering great success against the Axis powers, part of their success was due to nascent or emergent radar technology. If you live in the West, you may have heard the old myth eat carrots. They're good for your eyes. That <laughs> comes from uh, that comes from a red herring story. Uh, we don't have to get in the etymology of red herring, but it comes from a red herring story that Allied forces floated out to explain or purport to explain the accuracy of of the air force. There, uh, the carrots they're not going to hurt your eyes, but they're certainly not radar. And uh, another example, of course, would be the etymology of the armored uh, ground ground vehicles called tanks, which were originally shipped as water tanks. So the, to your point, Matt, there can be there can be some pomp and circumstance surrounding this sort of stuff. And there are situations in which a state power will attempt to hide or misconstrue its true abilities. Again, for that edge, uh, Noel, that you're mentioning, and sometimes the tricky thing is that edge may be propagandistic. It may be hearts and minds. That's why if you ask the, um, not everybody, but if you ask the majority of DPRK citizens, they will tell you that North Korea has the best technology in the world especially ballistics. And that's simply not true. All great points. And Ben, thanks for, you know, pointing out the uh, precedent for this kind of thing. You know, the, the almost like red herring of it all. I, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, thank you, Hobo Bobo, for a great email and a great nickname uh, and uh, fodder for a great conversation. We're going to take a quick break. And then if I'm not mistaken, we have a 
audio message coming up in this last piece of listener mail. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, we're back. We're jumping to the phone lines to hear from someone calling themselves Max. Hey guys, love your show. You can call me uh, Max Tout. So, uh, Canton, Massachusetts, C-A-N-T-O-N, police murder cover-up. Boston police officer killed outside of a Canton police officer's house with another Boston police officer there, a guy from ATF. Last winter, they blamed it on the girlfriend, and now there's all this evidence coming out about... um, his Apple Watch, him going upstairs, and they said he was never in the house, all this stuff, dog bites, a feud between the families, an 18-year-old MMA fighter, one of the sons, all this different police stuff, total cover-up, and no one's talking about it. Okay, guys, part two. So I said there's all the cops involved, and one of the guys involved, his brother's a selectman, and uh, they own the pizza place in town. And the kids at school are not allowed to talk about it. Really weird. Really local town stuff. And it's it's not in the news. There's only like one article about it. The accused woman, her name is Karen Reed, dating the deceased officer. 
and maybe the the fourth uh, agency was Homeland Security or something like that. But they can't talk about it. It happened last year. All this evidence coming out. They're calling it a you know a fishing expedition, or whatever. But it's wild. It's wild. And I know it sounds kind of small town, but please, guys, look into this. It's uh it's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks again you guys you guys are the best alright have a good one Maxwell Tout Maxwell nice. Tout there we go guys uh, giving us a local story from Massachusetts Canton Massachusetts even spelled it out there for us what are your initial reactions to that first thank you for sending this to us Matt one of my initial questions is have you did you speak with this conspiracy realist did you follow up I tried to make in a couple of calls to Max. Max, you should pick up when you get a weird 833 number on your phone. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't get to talk. S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. I mean, this is why we do these things, right? Because these quote-unquote small-town stories often don't get the coverage they deserve. And uh, I, my initial reaction is this is the first time that I have heard of this. Got it. Well, here we go, guys. Uh, This is a disclaimer for everything that you're about to hear, and even a disclaimer for the things that Max said in his message. Uh, This is in the pre-trial stages, this whole case. So that Mm -hmm. means we are now, right now, as we're recording this, as Max is telling us these details, we are in the trial by media phase, which, you know, obviously that's like a phrase that's thrown around often in the negative to talk about people getting preconceived notions about a case prior to a trial makes jury Mm -hmm. selection real difficult. Uh, But that is what we're in right now. So there's a lot of speculation. There are phrases coming from both the defense team and from the prosecution team. And, you know, they're often fully disputed by the other side. So that's where we are. The next actual pre-trial hearing is scheduled for July 27th, 2023. That's the next time we'll get information. And again, it's all before the trial even really begins. Is there a alternate narrative here? Like the yes. idea that his girlfriend... Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to give you the, the story as whittled down as I possibly can right now. And it comes to us from Boston 25, an article that was written on April 28th, 2023 by Ted Daniel and Lindsay Thorpe. Title is 25 Investigates, Manor of Boston Police Officer John O'Keefe's Death Never Determined. Here it goes. Boston police officer John O'Keefe's body was discovered during a snowstorm outside the Canton home of another Boston police officer named Brian Albert on Saturday, January 29th, 2022. Okay, so first of all, this happened in 2022, January, okay? This has been ongoing for a while. Continuing on, an autopsy lists the cause of death as, quote, blunt impact injuries to the head and hypothermia. The death certificate was last updated in April of 2022, and on that death certificate, the manner of death, quote, could not be determined. Updated. That's interesting. Yes. Yes. Again, medical examiner recorded manner of death undetermined, but the cause of death, blunt trauma to the head and hypothermia being left out in the cold. Here, here's what prosecutors say. They have charged O'Keefe's girlfriend, Karen Reed, with second degree murder, and they say that she hit him with her Lexus SUV and left him to die outside in the snow after a night out drinking. 
Is second degree the same as involuntary manslaughter or is it manslaughter adjacent? No, it's it's not like premeditated, but it's I have to look at Massachusetts. Um, but I mean, it was it was probably considered like a hit and run, you know, essentially. I mean, not, there was no malice necessarily. Can, or, or is that are we, are we getting to that? Sorry, I'm not uh, trying to. According to story. no, you're good. According to Massachusetts law, quote, in the Commonwealth, a person commits second degree murder when he or she intentionally kills another person, but does so without any premeditation. So, mm-hmm. so she was mad. <laughs> I mean, it's at least in that moment. decision. Right, you know. right, right, right. Got it. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's the secondary narrative that you were talking about, Noel. Continuing on from Boston 25. Reed's attorneys, the woman who's accused here, have pushed back in multiple court filings and have pointed the finger at people inside that home where the house party was, that outside the home where the body was left. Uh, and they're saying that autopsy photos and other evidence show O'Keefe was beaten severely. So those injuries, the blunt force trauma, they are saying and alleging that it wasn't caused by a vehicle, vehicular accident or something like that, or intentional, you know, striking with mm-hmm. a vehicle, but it was done as a fight or, you know, some kind of physical altercation with people who are inside the house um, right. because he had injuries to both sides of his face and to the back of his head. Wow. Uh, and guys there, it go the rabbit hole goes so deep on this one. There's no way we have enough time today to cover this. I think we could probably get a full episode out of it, but uh, there's another article I would point everybody to. This was posted by NBC channel 10 in Boston titled who killed John O'Keefe understanding the latest claims in the legal saga. Notice they're calling it the legal saga because there's, there's a lot going on here. That was written by Mike Pescaro and Asher Klein on May 26th. There are accusations here that there was a dog inside the house that somehow got into a scuffle with John O'Keefe as well because of uh, some marks that were on one of his forearms, according to the autopsy report. And guys, the defense is alleging that that dog, the family dog in that home, was basically, it's lost. The defense isn't able to locate the dog. According to the owners of the dog, the dog was like given away or it's like with a family friend or something, and it hasn't been there since you know, a couple of days after this event. So the dog ate my homework excuse, but in yeah. court <laughs> kind of, but like in this case, it's removing evidence, right? Because the defense 100%. wants to test uh, the hair and saliva of that dog to see if it matches anything or, you know, and also probably the teeth to see if it matches wounds on John O'Keefe's hand and arm. Right, right. I'm seeing abrasions from from some of the yes. articles you sent, Matt. I'm seeing abrasions on the forearm. I'm seeing laceration on the back of the head. I'm seeing two black eyes. Yes. Which is, um, well, it depends on how a car hits you, right? And what you hit <laughs> on, yeah. on your way home to the ground. But uh, this German Shepherd thing is uh, it's a controversial piece because... Again, according to the NBC Boston article you sent, it looks as though uh, it looks as though the other side of the court is calling the search for the dog a delaying action or a yes. fishing expedition. Yeah, they're calling all of the things that the defense wants, which is basically just mm-hmm. a ton more evidence. They are they are seeking to get more people on the stand during the trial, right? Uh, 
witnesses basically who were at that house during that Mm -hmm. house party. And when, you know, John O'Keefe was left at some point in the night and then he was discovered again by the same person, by Karen, the person charged with second degree murder. She's the one who discovered him in the morning at like 6 a.m. I don't know. I, it's, it, oh, Doesn't it's it really always weird. feel a little fishy when folks are like, nah, nah, don't do that. Nah, it's a waste of time. Why are you doing all that? Why are you getting all that evidence? That when it's contrary to our narrative, that always just really skis me out. You know what I mean? Like every oh, yeah. time I, I see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Recently, guys. Oh, there, there's there's so much here. I, um, let's just go to this thing because this is another piece of this. Um, the defense is trying to get cell phone records of several people who were in the home that night. And they already did take some steps here. This is from Boston Herald in April of 2023. Uh, Quote, death of Boston police officer John O'Keefe takes dramatic turn in new motion. You can look that up right now. Here's a full quote from that. An analysis of the complete forensic image of Jennifer McCabe's cell phone. Jennifer McCabe is one of the people who was in the house that night. By computer... Forensic expert Richard Green establishes that Miss McCabe, the government's seminal witness, the prosecution's witness, Googled, Mm -hmm. I have to just say it phonetically and then you can guess what it is, Uh, HOS, something is removed, long to die in cold, end quote. So like how maybe long to die in cold if, you know, the misspelling Mm -hmm. wasn't there. That was at Mm -hmm. 227 a.m., on the morning that he was discovered around 6 a.m. This is before Karen, at least according to her story, was even aware that John O'Keefe was missing. Somebody in that house Googled how long to die in cold. What the crap? Yeah, it's holy not, cow. <laughs> it's not looking good. It's, <laughs> it's not looking good. But the judge, yourself, why don't you? you guys, the Jesus. judge recently said, oh, no, we you can't. You can't interview her on the stand and you can't get access to her phone records. We can't use that in the trial. What? Uh, That's uh, egregious. There's also another thing here. Uh, A a fact I want to add, Matt, to the point you're making about calls and monitoring searches. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there was another article. Uh, that the court uh, the court is alleging McCabe opened an article called "How Long Does It Take to Digest Food," and the defense connects this with uh, they take a couple steps. I'm yes. just saying they're taking a couple steps here. You know, yeah. a couple steps on a snowy night on an icy road. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so crazy because it does look. If you just glance at this and you heard the initial. Um, the n- initial reporting on it. Oh man, this seems like a story about a person that either accidentally or intentionally hit their boyfriend with a vehicle and was maybe intoxicated and drove home and didn't even realize it. That's what it felt like when I'm when personally when I'm reading these first versions of this story. Sure. As we're getting as it's going on and the defense is making more accusations. I have to say, personally, I feel like there is way more to the story and there is potentially some strange cover up. But I don't Mm. know if I'm being manipulated by a purposefully, you know, convoluted Mm. defense. Right. By a savvy defense. Delay, delay, delay. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. But also also you're raising a really excellent point here that I think a lot of us listening along at home this evening 
already like are clocking as well, which is that the thin blue line or the wall of silence does exist and inevitably it must be considered a complicating variable for any investigation of a crime of this nature. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention, at least according to Max here, and I've, I've, I'm trying to find it online. I think, I think this person, uh, Albert, last name Albert, who is the police officer whose home uh, John O'Keefe was found in front of, uh, according to Max and according to some reporting, his brother is a selectman. And I didn't know what that was. Do you guys know what a selectman is? Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a council member in local government, right? Yes, specifically in New England. Not as cool as a comptroller. Not they <laughs> control the cops. That's right. But it's, I didn't know it was uh, like a New England specific thing, basically the original yeah, colonies yeah. kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. They're the executive branch of governments uh, in a lot of ways. It's fascinating. You there, select that man. <laughs> but yeah, imagine the conflict of interest if you've got somebody high up in local politics like that, you know, whose brother might be implicated in a homicide of some sort because there was a fight in the in your house, right? Like what would you what lengths would you go to help cover that up? I don't know. That's all speculation and it's craziness and it's none of it's real that you could use in a trial, but this story has all of these things. <clears throat> I don't know. They also run a pizza joint, apparently. Oh, wait, we got him. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is this is what we're here for, is it not, Matt, to learn more about these these stories and to share them with uh, with the rest of us listening along at home who might not ever hear about these things, you know, and, and you say the trial's ongoing. Uh, what, what are the most recent developments or what? How is it looking now? Uh, the most recent developments are that the defense isn't getting access to a lot of the, or not, maybe it's not access. They aren't getting told by the judge that they can use a lot of the pieces of evidence or talk to a lot of the witnesses they want to talk to in the trial itself. So it's inadmissible. So, so again, fascinatingly, as an observer, you can read that as, oh, the judge is trying to hide something by not letting them gain access to this stuff but if you're looking at it as you know the prosecutor you're saying oh we're shutting down these you know threads that don't actually go anywhere and have nothing to do with the case Hmm. so it depends it becomes a who do you believe situation and this is you know this is serious stuff Ah, it's just troubling i think absolutely especially the idea i think it'll be a news to a lot of us uh the idea that an autopsy can be retroactively edited. Yeah, right. For that's, sure. that's just an uncomfortable thing, even if there are absolutely valid reasons for it. Dude, this is going to be the last thing because this is what is making my head hurt so much. This is from the article that I mentioned from NBC Channel 10 in Boston. Investigators found the SUV, the one that Karen is accused of using to strike John O'Keefe, Uh, They found it at her parents' house, and they seized it. The 2021 black Lexus SUV had a shattered right rear taillight and several scratches on its rear bumper. And prosecutors have said there were shards of glass embedded in the bumper consistent with a glass O'Keefe had previously been holding. 
Pieces of the taillight were also found in the snow outside the home on Fairview Road, which is the home where he was found. I, I mean, it seems like you've got clear evidence that this guy was struck by a vehicle. It was that vehicle. That vehicle was driven by Karen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, things can be difficult in small towns. They might end up selecting some folks for a jury. There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much, Max Tout, for letting us know about that story. We will certainly keep our ears to the ground to see if anything develops later in July when this uh, when the next pretrial hearing occurs. And we would love to hear from you, folks. Thank you to everyone who has taken the time to write to us, to contact us over the social meds, uh, to say our names three times in a mirror in the dark. We want you to uh, picture a, a Illuminati version of the Uncle Sam poster. We want you to join up. Come be a part of our show. We can't wait to hear from you. We try to be easy to find online, so reach out and touch space. I'll tell you one thing you can do online is uh, leave us a review for the show. We appreciate it. It helps people discover the show. It really is the truth. And hey, if you do that thing, maybe we'll read one of your uh, reviews on one of these here weekly listener mail episodes. You can also find us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram and TikTok. You can call the number just like Max did. 1-833-STDWYTK. You've got three minutes. Give yourself a cool name and let us know if we have permission to use your name and voice on one of these listener mail episodes. But remember, you can call and just talk directly to us. You don't have to call with the intention of getting it on the air. Just a reminder. But if you don't want to use your voice for that stuff, why not instead, uh, why don't you type some things and send it to our email? We read everything we ever receive. Our email is conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The, I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.